Well, good evening, church. You've made it to the last day of another year. To God be the glory. It's good to be back in his house. And we want to declare tonight that we are here to worship him tonight. It makes no difference whether it's a Sunday or a Monday or a Tuesday or Wednesday. Whatever the day is, God is God. He is worthy of our worship tonight and always. And so as his people... Let us enter his gates with thanksgiving. Let us enter his courts with praise. Let us worship the Lord with gladness tonight. We have come into his house. And let us put aside our preoccupation. Thank you, Paul. Preoccupation with ourselves. And let's just focus on the Lord tonight. All right, let's stand together in his place and let's just worship the Lord with songs. Together we have come. We have come into His house and gathered in His name to worship Him. That's why we've come. We have come into His house and gathered in His name to worship Him. Gather in the name of the Lord.
be seated. During this year, God has been faithful every moment of every day. There is no reason for us to grumble or complain, although many of us have had a lot of difficulties. Problems have come our way, but God has been faithful and he has been with us every step of the way. And so at this time, we want to give you an opportunity to share a testimony of your thanksgiving to our God for its faithfulness. Who would be the first to share this evening? I was attacked by a man who jumped in my car with a gun. He knocked me unconscious. I fell out of the car and my head hit the ground, so I had two bumps on my head. When I regained consciousness, I was fighting with him to remove his hand that held a gun at my temple. I kept pushing and pushing, and I don't know where I got the strength to do that because I am not a very strong person. Finally, he left as suddenly as he appeared, taking my pouch, which had a dollar and some change in it. And that was that. And I'm very grateful to God to be alive today. Jean, for that wonderful praise of Thanksgiving. Someone else? I'm not, there must be more than one person here in this audience tonight who can say thanks be to God for his greatness to us. Thank you. This year, I surpassed three score and ten. I'm now 72 years old. Thanks to God for life. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Beryl Roll, the mother of Vita Roll. Many Christmas ago, this time, I was ill. It wasn't ill, just out of the hospital. And for a few Christmas now, I spend Christmas home with my family. And I thank the Lord. I'm now retired at the age of 61, November gone on my birthday. And every day don't be good. But I thank the Lord. I am healthy, strong, pressing on. Right now, my mother isn't doing well, but she is stable, and I thank the Lord for that. I thank for my children, Vida, Kendris, Jordan, I have a small family, <laughs> but big in heart, and for loving me and taking care of me the way they do. And I thank this church too, because I'm not a member of this church. 
my children is. And during my stay in hospital, many of the saints, they visit me, they pray for me. And many times this church helped me. I, I'm a caterer, you know, and, and I thank you all very much. And may the Lord continue to bless this church and keep me strong and healthy and anything that I could help with, I am willing to do so. Thank you. I'd like to thank God for life and health and strength and family and church and all of the manifold blessings that he's bestowed upon me. I, too, am a victim of armed robbery during the course of this year. Mine's was in April. And um, the Lord has kept me uh, uh, safe against that armed robbery. Um, and also he's granted me a successful shoulder surgery very recently. So I thank God for that. Good evening. Uh, somebody asked me as I was coming in, how was I doing? And I could have gone on with a litany of problems, just like every one of you. Um, but I turned to them and I said, you know something, the most valuable thing to me in life is my family. And I've just had both my children spend Christmas with me with their children. We had a house full of 11 in a three-bedroom house. And it was, I nearly went insane, but it was the most wonderful time. And I had the privilege of having the same woman marry me twice. On Sunday afternoon, Pastor Lee oversaw a very small, very intimate garden ceremony uh, where people who have walked with us and cried with us were there, and I want to thank this church for your love and the mercy that I've seen here. I'm so thankful to God for Calvary Bible Church. You cannot imagine. And I see you out there shaking your head, Vita. Praise God. I, I want to thank God for his faithfulness. I want to thank God for each group I'm in. I want to thank God for his word. I, uh, I was looking at all that Calvary means. I, I, I keep saying we are not receiving all that it means to us. And I keep asking the Lord, reveal it and make it clear to me. And I want to say to you all, he just keeps me excited. And I, I, every little minute he's showing me something different. But yes, Jesus loves us. He has finished everything for us. And I am just excited at what he's doing in my life. Truly, I am blessed. Truly blessed. This year, I reached two important milestones. Ten years of marriage and 40 years of living. And... I can truly say that God is good because he has provided for my family. He has allowed us to not have any major illnesses in the past year. He has kept the car running 
He's kept food on the table, clothes on our backs, a roof over our head. He's given us generous, generous brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I just want to thank him for his faithfulness, for his great love towards me and my family. I thank him for the people I serve with here on staff. I thank him for the people I serve him with here in the music ministry. What a wonderful group of individuals uh, to serve God with. May God bless all of you in 2014, and may we all uh, experience even greater blessings and be a greater source of blessing to others. The, the psalmist David says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will always be in my mouth and my soul, and my soul, and my soul will make a boast of the Lord. It has been November gone, 40 years since the Savior walked with me, and I walked with him. And I can't remember one time in my 40 years, the Lord hasn't met my needs. He has met all of my needs. He has met it physically, spiritually, and financially. And I could thank the Lord. He has given me everything that I need for life and godliness. Nothing more. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good and his mercies endure forever. Hi, I'm Brother Nathan B. Cash, as a friendly brother. I had the opportunity of coming in here as, an, as a single young man and going out as a married man some years ago in the, on the direction of Pastor Cole. And I'm still here, still going strong, still in love with my beautiful wife right here. Just my friend and everything. Hail from Long Island, Bahamas. And uh, I must give a lot of thanks and praise. And I had an, an misfortune with my, um, with my legs. I was uh, doing some work to my house. And after the assault, I felt. And it had injured my ankle and my heel. And it lasted for some 12, 12 months. Now I'm back. I'm kicking. And what have you? I'm ticking. And plus, just recently, I was facing a surgery. And I went to my doctor, and as a result, uh, he, he had uh, examined me. And he said, Mr. Cash, he said, nothing wrong with you. Say, you are better than me. Go home and give the Lord praise. To God be the glory. And in 2014, um, I'm looking to wake very closely with my brothers and sisters. You all might see me in here, but you might never know my name. But I'm the friendly brother who love your Lord, who be sending uh, uh, those shout out in the morning as Esquire. And this is your humble servant. God bless you. I love you. Not from lipsyology, but from heartyology. Thank you. Good night. Good evening, church. I have a, a special thing to talk about my grandchildren. Riley Joshua, five years ago, made us grandparents. And Nyla, 
was a second premature baby. Both of them could have fitted into this space in the court. And to see them now, God has brought them a, a, a mighty long way. The number of days that I've visited them and prayed with them, and I think just seeing them as prem babies has made me appreciate the people who work in special care unit and how good they they are with children and to see how intelligent both of them are and how they just make my heart squirm not that I don't love my other grandson but these two are very precious so I just continue to pray that they'll know how God was good to them and how he has brought them this far and the parents they know too that they are very precious Riley do you want to say something what God has done for you Say next year. Good evening. Um, while there's so many things to be thankful for, words just can't begin to express how grateful I am to God. Um, this year in particular has been a very rough year for my family. Um, in particular, in October, um, I was off in school and I got a call saying that my grandfather had to be admitted into the ICU. Unfortunately, he had contracted a deadly bacteria, which caused him to have to have a leg amputated. And as a result of all the medicine that he received and all the surgery that he underwent, he's now deaf. Last night, he was admitted into the ICU once again. Sorry. Um... And once again, God never left his side. And thanks to God and his mercy, he will be discharged in the morning. So I just want to thank God for all that he has done. I also want to thank God for my family and for my mother because she's such a strong individual. Um, it's never easy, especially not for her. But she remains strong. She remains our backbone, and she's always there for us. So I just want to thank God for that. God is very good. God is good. This has been such an emotional and very special service thus far. Those of you, I guess, my friendly brother Cash, would fall in that category, who is, may have heard, I think he said when he came here many years ago, he came in single, and he left as a married man to his beautiful wife, who still remains beautiful by his side then he must be familiar with the temptations. I think they call themselves now the stylists or used to call themselves the stylistics. And they had in one of their songs a chorus that says, Oh, I see her face everywhere I go, on the streets and even to the picture show. Have you seen her? Tell me. 
Have you seen her? Oh, I hear her voice as the cold wind blows and the sweet music on the radio. Have you seen her? Tell me. Brother Cartwright, have you seen her? I want to take this opportunity to wish you, before 2014, a very blessed 2014. I also want to welcome you to the last half hour and the last hour of the last month and the last 13 you will see in any year. The next time you see a 13 in a year, you won't be here. (laughs) I want you to please pause with me as we look very briefly because I do have some time constraints. And so I want you to think fast with me, stay with me. But let's go before our Lord and just let's thank him because of who he is. Father, we've said it already this evening and we can never say it sufficiently. You are amazing. You are faithful. Indeed, we are but vapor, a moment, and you are forever. You are eternal. You are merciful beyond measure. We do not have the words to thank you as we should. And even in our inadequacy in this regard, you have come alongside and have given us your Holy Spirit, who is able to commune with you when we are absolutely baffled and silent. And so we have these few words that say thank you, because that's all we have. Now I commit myself and collectively ourselves to you this evening, as I hope to share with your people, those that you have brought to this place at this time, so that together we might see you as we sung at the beginning of our time together this evening. Behold the Lamb. These things, Father, I ask in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says, Now this I say, He who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. This divine principle is true agriculturally, physiologically, economically, socially, intellectually, spiritually, and morally. Now, amidst the many wonderful harvests of 2013, like life, and we've heard about some testimonies earlier, there are some people who are not here this evening who were here at the beginning of 2013. And so we have, all of us here, have at least one reason to give God thanks, because we have life. For others, they have had a recovery of some sort. 
Maybe there were some achievements, some successes, opportunities, probably not even being a victim, not experiencing any national disasters like a hurricane, etc. But we also have reaped some not so very pleasant harvest. On the 6th of December 2013, there was a massive prayer and praise rally on R.M. Bailey Park that was spawned out of the increased level of criminal, of crime, particularly violent crimes in our nation. About three hours before coming to this service, I heard that the number of homicides had increased from 116 to 100, and now 17 for the year. Just listen to some of the headlines of one of our daily newspapers about what is happening in our country. 30 dead as Haitian sloop runs aground. Eight shot in 24 hours. Arson claims a child dies in fire. Teachers hold vote strike or strike vote. Two men killed in shootings. No planes to send for dying Haitians. Sprinter, guilty of firearms offense. Police, car scam targets women. Gibson, teachers can't go on strike. Teenager, shot dead on street. Robbed, acting PM, Brave Davis. No answer on fire deaths. PM says double dipping is illegal. BEC bonuses will be paid. Boy, three, killed in hit and run. Seven shot, one killed at peace rally. Four held over deputy PM raid. Web shop courier shot in the face. Women stabbed dead in her home. Accused of beating baby. The Tribune of the 23rd of December 2013 carried a headline that graphically captures the realities of our current existence in the Bahamas. And the headline was, Violent Weekend Leaves Two Dead. And immediately under this headline were these words, Happy Holidays, followed by an array of special prizes on some fine jewelry. Then there is Friday Past. One of the daily papers' headline read, Four Dead in Fox Hill Bloodbath. My brothers and sisters, if we only read the headlines, this would have been a terrible year. But you have shared already some wonderful things that has happened. The headlines do not tell all of the story. I wish to say to you this evening that behind all the evil and the unrest reflected in the headlines are thoughts. The thoughts of the offenders or the perpetrators. But these thoughts are rarely researched or rarely make the front page or headline of the media houses. Nonetheless, all of today's headlines of trials, of sufferings and tragedies, vile injustices, 
subterfuge, retaliations, travesties of being civil, deception, and natural disasters are on a short list. They are temporary. God, our God, the ancient of days, is still in control. Amen? His sovereignty is still incontestable. The question is, amid all of these bad headlines, do you still see God? The question is, have you seen him lately? I want to share with you briefly, but quickly, at least three, probably four persons who have seen him and their reaction. I want to talk about John. Then I want to talk about Isaiah. Then I want to take you to Ezekiel. Then I may want to tell you about some strange-looking creatures. They call them just four living creatures. Maybe I'll tell you about some people they call the elders. I have discovered and therefore believe that heaven is a very noisy place. And some people said they want to get away from all the noise. They want a little peace and quiet, so they want to go to heaven. Oops. You might want to change your plans. We are told that there are frequent references to loud voices in heaven. There are flashes of lightning and thunder, sounds of trumpets and the like. Every once in a while, Scripture pulls back the curtain that divides time and eternity. And we get a brief glimpse of heavenly worship. We may crave more than the glimpse, but that's probably all we can handle. The vision, I think, is too overwhelming for inhabitants of earth, fallen man, to endure. Let me read quickly just a sample of John's response in Revelation chapter 1, verses 9 through 17. Listen to the words, but not just listen. I want you to take the words as John pens them and see what he is describing. I guess his vocabulary at that time seemed totally inadequate, but he used the language that he had to express what he saw. He says, I, John, your brother and partner in tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance, that is in Jesus, was on the island called Andros. I'm sorry, Patmos. On account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book. And send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, and to Smyrna, and to Pergamum, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstand, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. 
and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. Verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and I am the last. Imagine seeing what I've just described. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. <laughs> but he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. He must not have been a Bahamian. Because by the time he would have said, fear not, we would have had bushcraft man gone, long time. Because as soon as we saw something as awesome as this, we would have started running. Let's look briefly at how Isaiah reacted. Isaiah chapter 6, you remember the opening verse. In the year King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. He was seated on his throne high and lifted up under train of his robe filled the temple. Then he saw the seraphs, and they were shouting and calling back and forth to one another. And all they can say was, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Isaiah, whose name means Jehovah is salvation, he saw this, and they said again, these, these uh, seraphs, these angels saying, they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the one, the whole earth is full of his glory. When he recognized where he was, he says, Woe is me, for I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. Because he has seen the holiness of God. What we can tell from this passage is that the seraphs are so enamored with the immensity of the holiness of God that they can do nothing else but to proclaim it. And the scene is so powerful and pure that Isaiah is terrified by his own impurity. And so he felt dirty, out of place, in the presence of the majestic holiness of God Almighty. Have you ever felt out of place, underdress, in the wrong place, wrong time? The angels worship God for his holiness because that's what they can see of him. Isaiah, however, can see that and more. He becomes a redeemed servant, a proclaimer of both holy judgment and merciful atonement. He has not, or he has seen not only the power and majesty, but something angels have no personal experience with, and that is grace and mercy. He knows the gap between a perfect holy God and a sinful man, and he is amazed. He is absolutely amazed that there is a remedy. God, I say again, is amazing. He is amazing. There is certainly no one greater. But tell me, have you seen him? And if you have seen him, what was your reaction? Look at, let's look at another 
prophet 447 years after Isaiah. Ezekiel was by the river of Cheba when he saw coming out of the north what you'd call a storm, strong wind. And in that there is this lightning and flashing and fire. And then out of that came these four living creatures, strange looking. They had four faces, four faces, six wings. Imagine you seeing that. There's no way to run. What would be your reaction? In verse 28 of Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 28, Ezekiel says, This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell face down. Brilliant flashes of light, gyroscopic movements, mysterious faces, and a glowing presence. Those are the feeble words describing an awesome vision. The appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. If we live without a sense of excitement, going through the routine of our days with rote motion and chilling apathy, we haven't seen the glory of the Lord. We are not living in the presence of the abiding majesty. That's because of what we experience on a day-to-day basis. And hearing what Ezekiel or Isaiah would have seen and John, that's absurd, one might think. In one realm, there are the flashes of lightning, powerful winds, shouting angelic voices, and indescribable fire and motion. In another realm, there are lukewarm people going through stale routines without much enthusiasm, energy, or hope. That's expected of people who have never seen or who have not known God. But it's inappropriate for those of us who have. And I want to encourage you by asking the question again, have you seen him? Have you truly seen God? I believe that given enough truth, time, and practice in the art of adoration, we get greater glimpses of God's glory. And if a day begins with those glimpses of his glory, it's anything but a routine day. And so if you are bored with life, if you are lacking energy and losing hope, I strongly and wholeheartedly suggest to you that you try spending more time in God's presence. I assure you, your life will not be the same. However, if you are here this evening and you have not seen God for who he is, you are underdressed. And I invite you in the words of Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. I assure you, on the authority of the word of God, 
that if you respond, he will clothe you with the garment of salvation and a robe of righteousness. Now, most of you know that I'm afraid of cold weather. There's a sister, I won't call her name, who's sitting in here looking straight at me, who told me recently that you need to put on weight. Anyway, if they reveal themselves, I ain't called the name. But most of us had an addition to our wardrobe during the past week, or may need to make an adjustment to them due to the amount of food consumed in recent days. In anticipation of this change of wardrobe, some of you have discarded or donated some of your wardrobe that you no longer like, want, or can fit into. However, there is a one piece of wardrobe that I wish for you to carry into 2014, and that is simply this, the wardrobe of praise. Because we sang it earlier as well. God is worthy to be praised. He has been good to you, and we should praise him at every opportunity we have, every breath that we take. When the temperature drops, I instinctively reach for something warm. If I live in an environment that was always under a certain temperature, I will always be wearing something warm. Likewise, if you and I choose to live in a constant awareness of the, awareness of the awesome worth and power and holiness and beauty and majesty and glory of the Most High God, then we will always be clothed with a garment of praise and worship. I'm going to speak a little faster. In conclusion, <laughs> don't believe that. But in conclusion, <laughs> I agree with John Piper, and I thought the word he captures the essence of this so beautifully. John Piper says, Our worship is the subjective echo of God's objective worth. Let me say that again. Our worship is the subjective echo of God's objective worth. The immensity of his worth is reflected in the intensity of our appreciation, admiration, or worship. We were made for the admiration of the excellency of Jesus Christ. The greater your admiration, the greater the revelation of Christ's glorification. I bring you back to John in Revelation. He said, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written on the inside and on the back and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seal? And no one, no one in heaven and on earth or under the earth were found worthy to take the book, to open the book, and to look into it. And John says, And I began to weep greatly, because there was no one found worthy to open the book and to look into it. And then one of the elders came and said, Stop weeping. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he is able to take the book and to break its seal. And he looked. 
And he saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God that has gone out into the earth. And having seen this, he came and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the elders fell down before the Lamb, each with a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. They sang a new song. They said, you are worthy to take the book and to break its seal because you were slain. You were purchased for God with your own blood. Men from every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. And then, and these that men that were purchased, you have made them to be a kingdom and a priest unto our God, and they shall reign upon the earth. And then he heard, well, first he looked, and then he heard a voice of many angels, many angels. And when he looked, there were angels around the throne and around the four living creatures and around the elders. And they were saying, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessings. And every living creature in heaven and on earth, every living creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and everything that is in them, they joined in. And they said the same thing. Worthy is the Lamb to receive blessings and honor and glory. And when the four living creatures, all they were doing, they kept saying, Amen. Amen. And the elders, they fell down and worshiped. What will you do when you see him? It is my prayer that as we go into 2014, that we will really, truly see God. If you do, life will be a blast because you will always live in the presence of his majesty. John, Isaiah, Ezekiel, the four living creatures, the elders, their response were the same. When they saw, when they really saw God, their natural response was that of worship. It is my prayer that we as the people of God will see God for who he is and worship him.
Amen. Amen. We have this countdown to the new year going on. We will soon join our brothers and sisters who in the continent of Australia, the continent of Europe, the continent of Asia, they have already brought in the new year. And now it's coming to us in North America, South America as well, and the rest of the world. And as Pastor Fala has challenged us, let us make this year a year of worship. Because God is looking for worshipers every day. Those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. And so as the new year rings in. Happy new year. And may God make you and me better worshipers. May we devote ourselves to becoming better worshipers in 2014. Amen. May you go in the blessings of the Lord as you greet one another. May God give you a terrific, wonderful 2014 for His glory.